0: Anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1. But are like the chafe which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Then looking in the New Testament, in the book of First Peter, First Peter chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am an fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour Resist him steadfast in the faith Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world But may the God of all grace Who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus After you have suffered a while Perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever Amen By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I've written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verses 1 through 14, all of 1 Peter chapter 5. Father, we thank you once again for your word, the power, the grace, the strength that rests upon your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to spend time one-on-one with you, to have a daily appointment where we spend time listening to you as you speak words of grace, words of power, words of light, words of blessing, words of encouragement, words of strength, words of joy into our minds, our hearts, our lives. Father, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of humility. Help us to recognize and to grow an understanding of the fact that all of the Christian life is to be lived in humility and it's to be a uh, a life lived where we're battling pride but choosing to walk in humility in every way and in every respect. Teach us and empower us by your Spirit to do just that, to fully walk in the spirit of humility each and every day, moment by moment. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Roberts, and he's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we come to praise you today, to lift high your name, to thank you for your precious Son, Jesus, who came down from the glory and wonder and um, holy heaven to this sinful earth to die for us. Thank you for loving us uh, to that extent, Father. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Today, we're looking at the topic Humility, Pride, and the Christian Life. Again, humility, pride, and the Christian Life. And uh, we just read from Psalm 1 and 1 Peter chapter 5. Psalm 1 in the Old Testament, and 1 Peter chapter 5 in the New Testament. And as we look at this topic, it's very helpful for us to really understand Bible definitions of the words. Uh, that we 're speaking of, because sometimes we have a word in our mind and we think we know what it means, but sometimes we may or may not have a correct or a biblical understanding of what the word really means. When you look at the word humility, I think often the world will think humility means li- like you you walk with your eyes down, you don't look people in the eye, you, you look like a whip puppy, uh, you know't you, you shake people with a weak sh- handshake that 's not humility. I'm not sure what the word is for that, but it's not really humility. But Bible humility is submission to the Word of God, complete submission to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's what Bible humility is, complete submission to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, plain and simple. And so if you're walking in humility, you're submitting to God. The most humble person that ever walked the earth was the Lord Jesus Christ, He fully submitted to his Heavenly Father. In fact, he let us know that he didn't do anything apart from his Father. And so Jesus completely submitted to the Spirit of God in every respect, in every circumstance, and in every way, moment by moment, throughout his life. So the Lord Jesus Christ was the most humble person that ever walked the earth. Moses was a very meek and humble person, too. He wasn't perfect. He didn't completely submit fully to the Word and the Spirit of God, but he, to a great extent in his life, he submitted to the Word and the Spirit of God, and God used him mightily as well. The goal for every one of us is to live a life of humility. In fact, you can characterize the whole Christian life as a life of humility, where we're called to, moment by moment, submit to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. As we read in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, I want to pick up at verse 5 once again. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 once again says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace gives grace to the humble. So you and I, we're all called to walk in that humility. Verse 6 goes on to say, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, keep in mind, there are a number of scriptures, Old and New Testament, that specifically use the word humility. But keep in mind, there are many passages that may not use the word. In fact, every passage in the word of God, in a very real way, addresses the issue of humility because, again, our goal is to fully submit to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I think of this, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Okay, again, again, the word humble and humility refers to submission to the Word of God and the Spirit of God in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 it says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but excuse me do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves again humbling yourselves and not thinking too highly of yourself in other words is what that refers to proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says when pride comes then comes disgrace but with humility comes wisdom and we can go on, we really could go on and on with so many scriptures that address this. So it's important to understand what the Word of God means when it speaks of humility and pride. Pride is rebellion against God. And all sin is pride. All sin is a form or an expression of pride. Basically, sin is basically telling God, God, I know better than you, and I'm going to do things my way rather than your way. Even the devil himself, his downfall was pride. He somehow or another decided that he was smarter or wise than God. And how dumb can you get? The fact is, a very simple but profound truth for us to realize and to recognize in our life is this. God is smarter than we are. And obviously, God is much more powerful and so much mightier than we are. And so we're wise to fully submit to the creator of the universe, our Heavenly Father, in everything. So again, humility is submission to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity for us to listen and learn more about what it means to walk in humility before you. Father, anoint our minds, ears, heart, and understanding with a much greater anointing so that we will be that much more abundantly receptive to your Word and your will and your Spirit. Help us to greatly grow in our understanding of how to live a life of humility and help us to grow tremendously in our understanding of the fact that it is extremely important that we live a life of humility before you in everything we say and everything we do in every area of our lives. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well we looked at first Peter uh, chapter five. I want to ask you to look with me now in the book of James. James And note this too, this is all of these passages. I would encourage you to take time to read and go back, write down and go back over them again. James chapter 4, James chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, and it tells us these words Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves and... In the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Again, that was verses 1 through 17, all of James chapter 4. Now, note, too, it very powerfully addresses the issue of humbling yourselves before the Lord. Again, verse 6 once again says, But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, verses 6 and 7 of James chapter 4. All of these passages, you and I would be wise to take time to really read and meditate on them because remember, it's so fruitful, so wise, so encouraging, and so important to walk in humility continually. And it's tragic. It causes us to stumble. It causes so many problems when you and I walk in pride. And everyone battles pride. Absolutely every believer on the face of the earth has to battle pride every day of our lives. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to grow in our knowledge of how to walk in humility, anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace that we would grow greatly in our understanding of both what humility is and how to walk it in such a way that we honor you in this area of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. We'll be right back.
1: With authority, You've spoken, and You've set the captive free. You're the King who came to serve, and You're the God who washed our feet.
0: Lincoln Brewster with More Than Amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today we're looking at the topic, humility, pride in the Christian life. And you know, on the one hand, a, this is a topic, a simple topic, but it's profound, and it's one that's critical to all of us to understand that everything in the Christian life is an area where we're to walk in humility. Humility is submission to the Word In the will of God Looking once again at James chapter 4 Picking up at verse 6 once again It says But he gives more grace Therefore he says God resists the proud But gives grace to the humble Therefore submit to God Resist the devil And he will flee from you Draw near to God And he will draw near to you Cleanse your hands you sinners And purify your hearts you double minded Lament and mourn and weep Let your laughter be turned to mourning And your joy to gloom Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges him and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Then, skipping to verse 13, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So be mindful that all of us have to battle pride every day. And in our humanness, in our flesh, and in our pride, we have to battle the temptation To ignore what God's Word says, to ignore the Word of God itself. In fact, keep this in mind. Some simple truths that relate to the whole truth of humility that you and I are wise to grasp is this. Prayerlessness is pride. You know, the Bible actually says pray without ceasing. And for a person to say, well, you know, I just, I don't even see how I can do that. So I don't know how to do that. I'm I'm not even going to try. That's pride because God wouldn't tell you to do something you could not do. He'll tell us to do something that we can only do if we submit to him and trust him to help us to do it and then do it. But to decide you just can't do what God said, that's pride. In fact, all sin is pride. So a, prayer, a believer that lives a relatively prayerless life, that's a life of pride. It's like saying, God, I can handle things on my own. I really don't need your help. Now, you and I in our flesh, in our humanist, might say, I would never say that to God. Keep in mind, we don't have to speak words, we don't have to say the words to God. God, I don't need you. Our actions will say it. And to live a prayerless life is to basically say, God, I can handle this on my own. I don't really need your help. On the other hand, to live a prayer-filled life, remember, God wouldn't tell us to pray without ceasing if it wasn't important. Why do we need to pray without ceasing? Well, one reason is because we really do need His help moment by moment. Situation to situation. So again, a prayerless life is a life of pride. Prayerlessness is living a life of pride. On the other hand, a prayer-filled life is a life of submitting to God. And again, no one was more prayerful and more fully submitted to God and the Spirit of God than the Lord Jesus Christ. But you and I should always be striving to be like Christ in this regard as well. Also, keep in mind, when we neglect to read and meditate on the Word of God, remember God's Word tells us in Psalm 119, verse 105, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When we neglect to read the Word of God, that too is pride. It's basically like saying, God, I'm wise enough myself. I'm smart enough to live life without your counsel, your guidance, your wisdom, so I don't really have time to read you, or I'm not going to make time to read your Word. Again, you might say, I would never tell God that. Remember, you don't have to say it with your words. Our actions say it. In the course of a 24-hour day, you and I decide what we want to do. And we do what, in our mind, we decide is most important. So if you just don't get around to spending significant time in God's Word, that's pride. And the fact is, the Bible says, God resists the pride but gives grace to the humble. If you want the grace of God to pour into your life in much greater measure, seek to live a life of humility. And to, and part of that in, involves fill your life with the Word of God every day. Make spending time in God's Word one of the high priorities of your life. That's a life of humility. It's as if you're saying, God, I desperately need your wisdom and your grace. And why is that important? Because we do desperately need his wisdom and his grace. So I would encourage us all to strive to do that. Lord, Help us to walk in the humility that will lead us to fill our lives with your word every day, to live a life where we stay in your word, that we live in the wisdom and the grace of your word continually. Help us to live in the humility of living a prayer-filled life. You told us to pray without ceasing more and more. Teach us how, guide us, and empower us to do just that. We thank you and praise you for the opportunity to do that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In the book of Daniel, chapter 4, a powerful um, account of a king who got too lifted up is found there. Daniel, chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the Spirit of the Holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the vision of my head while on my bed there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it, and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt and whose branches the birds of the heaven had their name. It is you, O king, who... Who have grown and become strong. For your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, And let him graze with the beasts of the field Till seven times pass over him This is the interpretation, O king And this is the decree of the Most High Which has come upon my lord the king They shall drive you from men Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field And they shall make you eat grass like oxen They shall wet you with the dew of heaven And seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelve months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar To you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth no one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me, I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Verses 1 through 37, all of Daniel chapter 4. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're looking today at the topic, Humility, Pride, in the Christian Life. We'll be right back. with the song simply entitled Amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, humility, pride, and the Christian life. And you know, the God God's Word says in one form, another time and time again, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Well, we just read Daniel chapter 4. And keep in mind, the whole book of Daniel is such a powerful book. It's one of two books that... To, to use this big word. It's one of the two books that are referred to as apocalyptic literature in the Word of God, Daniel, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. But Daniel at the same time has some powerful insight and truths about humility and pride and walking before God. Daniel, the prophet of God in the Old Testament, walked in tremendous humility. And we see where God kept him in positions of leadership through several different kingdoms and dominions and a uh, administrations god preserved him and placed him there and god did it it's so important for us to recognize that you know humility helps us to recognize the hand of god at work in our lives whereas pride will many times cause us to to look to ourselves you know it's it's important to understand too that you know as believers we really are wise to walk in great gratitude all the time because remember remember life is gift all the blessings we receive in life are are from God. Humility will encourage us to always acknowledge that. People in pride think way too highly of themselves, their strengths, their abilities, their gifts, their talents, their skills. But keep in mind, God gave us all that we have, all of your skill, all of your education, all of your wisdom, all of your gifts and strengths. God gave you all of them. And so instead of us in our humanness being lifted up in pride, We should look to the God who gave them to us and praise and worship Him more and more. Well, Daniel chapter 4 in particular, and I would just say... If you, would, you, you, you would be wise to spend a lot of time reading and meditating on the entire book of Daniel because it has so much to teach us about history and God's sovereignty over man throughout history and his power, his dominion, his grace, and the fact that he's so much bigger and greater and mightier than all of us and all the mighty kingdoms throughout the world, throughout all of history. God is so much bigger than all of those. Well, we here see the great king Nebuchadnezzar. And as he's reveling over his kingdom here in Babylon, and he gets lifted, he's lifted up in pride, God has placed him in a position of great authority and power in the kingdom of Babylon. He's the king over, probably at that time, would be considered the most powerful king in the world. Yet, what God wanted Nebuchadnezzar to realize is that God had put him there. God had raised him up, God had placed him, yet Nebuchadnezzar got lifted up in himself because he thought he put himself there. He thought he was so wise, he was so powerful, he was so mighty, and this was his kingdom that he had built, not realizing God had lifted him up to that position, and the same God who placed him there could take him down, and God actually gave him a warning through the dream, and God used Daniel to interpret the dream, to let him know that in the dream, this tremendous tree that blessed the world was King Nebuchadnezzar. And the the tree got chopped down, though, and it didn't die altogether. A little root was left. And so Daniel interpreted the dream for him and basically let Nebuchadnezzar know that in the dream, the dream God had given to Nebuchadnezzar, he, Nebuchadnezzar, was that tree. But God was about to humble him if he didn't humble himself. God gave him a warning, a clear warning, but he didn't humble himself. So God humbled Nebuchadnezzar for him. And so God moved upon Nebuchadnezzar in such a way that he lost his mind. And for seven years, he went crazy, went out in the woods, lived like an animal. For seven years, he was out in the woods. And if you could picture sometimes some of his subject walking through the maybe through the woods, and someone looks out and says, what in the world, what animal is that? And one might say, oh, that's the king. He's crazy. He eats and lives like an animal. Well, you might say, well, why didn't somebody kill or assassinate him or get rid of him? Well, keep in mind, God and his sovereignty protected Nebuchadnezzar, and God used this opportunity, this experience to help Nebuchadnezzar realize that it wasn't he, Nebuchadnezzar, that was almighty. It was God Almighty who who lifted him up, placed him in the kingship, and God would restore him. He finally did acknowledge God and his goodness, and God restored Nebuchadnezzar after seven years. Again, he was crazy and insane for seven years, living out like an animal, but God preserved his life. And after those seven years, God restored him to the kingdom. And so Nebuchadnezzar learned a very, very important lesson, that he wasn't all-powerful as the king, God the Father. God, our Heavenly Father, He is Almighty. Note, once again, the last portion of that chapter, chapter 4. Note what Nebuchadnezzar says as he praises God. Chapter 4, picking up up at verse 34. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth, and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Verses 34 to 37. Again, Daniel chapter 4. So King Nebuchadnezzar learned a very powerful lesson about humility and pride. Again, God lifts those he chooses to lift up in places of authority and power, and he takes them down as well. God is sovereign in the affairs of men, all nations, all kingdoms, all people. God is sovereign over all of us. How important it is for us to recognize that. Father, thank you for the many lessons we learned from the book of Daniel. And Daniel chapter 4 in particular, Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of the need for us to live and walk in humility continually every day, acknowledging you, looking to you, living a life of gratitude and praise to you for having given us the gifts and strengths and abilities and blessings that we have, and help us to always be wise enough to acknowledge you in that regard. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, we're looking today at the topic, humility, pride, and the Christian life. And again, many lessons that we could draw from the life of King Nebuchadnezzar. But keep this in mind. You might think to yourself, well, I'm not a king and I'm not in a mighty position of power and authority like Nebuchadnezzar. But keep in mind, all of us battle pride, every single one of us. So ways in which we need to be, we're wise to to resist and overcome are number one. Again, be a student of the Word of God. If you're a diligent student of Scripture, remember Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If we're wise enough to continue continually listen to the voice of God through his word, that's an act of great humility because we're acknowledging the fact that we don't have the wisdom. We don't have the understanding. We don't have the knowledge that we have in ourselves. And more and more, we're recognizing that God is all-powerful. He's all-wise. He's all-knowing, and we're wise hes all knowing and we are Wise to listen to His counsel, His wisdom, His guidance continually. So being a diligent student of God's Word is a great act of humility, and God will greatly bless that in your life. Also, as the Word of God tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Pray without ceasing. Living a life that's a prayer-filled life is a life of humi- living a life of humility. On the other hand, a prayerless life is a life of pride. It's like saying, God, I don't need your help. I can manage fine on my own. So again, we may say, I would never say that with my mouth. Again, you don't have to say it with your mouth. You say it with your actions. Living a prayer-filled life is a life of humility, and a prayerless life is a life of pride. How important it is that we trust God to help us to be wise enough, to live in humility enough to be diligent students of Your Word, of God's Word on a daily basis, and May we be wise enough to recognize that we're all called to live lives full of prayer and in humility live a prayer-filled life, knowing that we need God's wisdom, grace, and help continually in every area of our life. Disobedience is pride. Now, again, keep in mind, as we mentioned earlier, a great and simple truth all at the same time is this. God is smarter than we are. God is so much wiser than we are. He's so much more intelligent than we are. Why in the world would we think that we're we're doing just fine by ourselves? No, we're not. Without God, we all would perish completely in every area of our lives. So many of the blessings we have, all the blessings we have are from the hand of God. And so we're wise to understand that to live a life of humility is to depend heavily on God in every area of life. That's the wisest way to live. And no one did this more accurately and faithfully and correctly than Jesus. So, Jesus is our great role model in every area of our lives. How important it is that we live and function that way continually. Again, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. All sin is pride. Even the devil's, even the devil's downfall was pride. Christ, again, the most humble person who ever walked the earth is our wonderful role model. Let's always follow him. Father, anoint us afresh today with the spirit of humility in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, remember the most important decision in all of life is the decision to give your heart and life to Christ. Once you receive Christ, he comes to live on the inside of you. He makes you brand new, and your eternal home is heaven with God. Would you simply pray this prayer with me in order to make that step in your life? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that in your humility, you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong things I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me who that you want me to be. In the Bible, you told us, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me to follow you in humility all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to hear from you. On my email, once again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that'll help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord, to be able to walk with him faithfully and in humility each and every day. Again, please email us at joseph at afr.net, and we'd be glad to share those resources and materials with you. Hope to hear from you again, joseph at afr.net. Today we've been looking at the topic, Humility, Pride, and the Christian Life. Hope that you will grow daily in your understanding of the need and the ways by the grace of God to live a life of humility before the Lord. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.